You're listening to Moments in the Word, brought to you by Lighthouse Gospel Ministries. Welcome back to Moments in the Word. I'm Rick and your host. Glad to have you with us again today. And we are in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, and verses, let's see here, we're in 29 to 34. Now, uh, the main verse I want to comment on is one that I actually covered in a sermon I preached, which is on the the podcast here, called Different Baptisms. But I'm gonna so I'm gonna read from my point uh, from the sermon. So if you heard the sermon, you might uh, you know it might, it might sound familiar to you because I'm reading from the notes from my message, and uh, I think it's it's uh, I, I didn't want to skip this portion of the chapter, um, but I figured I'll just basically comment the same thing that I said during the sermon. So let's go and read the verses. First uh, Corinthians 15 and verse 29 through 34, the word of God says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Of course, the passage I want to really focus on is that verse uh, 29. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead. Of course, the context of this chapter is defending the resurrection of the dead, that some are saying there was no resurrection of the dead, and therefore he pointed out that Christ is not raised. If there's no resurrection, there's no salvation. Uh, Those who have died in Christ have perished, and uh, we are of all men most miserable. But this, this curious verse, being baptized for the dead, what does that mean? Mormons believe a living person can be baptized for a dead person. They actually take their doctrine from uh, this verse. They believe you must be baptized by the Mormon church to go to heaven, so they teach that Mormons get, can get a proxy baptism for someone who lived before. This is kind of their version of universal salvation. They believe these souls in spirit prison have a chance to accept or reject the baptism. Those who lived never hearing the message can be awarded salvation through someone being baptized in their name. That's from Doctrine and Covenants, section 128. Since this concept is absent from Scripture, I don't think Paul had this in mind. He did have something in mind, so we need to look at the Scriptures to understand what it was. The people he was writing to must have known what he meant because he doesn't doesn't give a further explanation. One explanation, and probably the most common that I hear, is that he was mentioning the common pagan belief about baptizing for the dead. Many teachers say that he's pointing out that even the pagans baptize, believing it will do them good. Um... I can't take this explanation seriously, though. Uh, I I doubt the apostle would use heathen practices to defend Christian doctrine. I I just don't see that happening. So what is the alternative? Well, the alternative is the baptism of suffering. Uh, Let's interpret scripture with scripture to make a case for what I'm saying. On at least two occasions, Jesus referred to his suffering on the cross as a baptism. Okay, Uh, The first is in Matthew 20, 20 through 23. The word of God says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Lord, grant that these two my these that my these my two sons uh, may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. 
But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. Uh, th in this passage, Jesus not only refers to his suffering as baptism, but tells his disciples that they would be baptized with the suffering he was baptized with. I want to come back to that in a moment. Okay, The other example is found in Luke 12, verse 50. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Uh, here again, Jesus refers to his suffering as a baptism, and what an accurate picture it is. Now, returning to his mention of his disciples being baptized with the same baptism, let's look at what Paul says. Okay, Colossians 1.24, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you all, uh, you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Okay, it's Colossians 1.24. So what is Paul saying in this verse? Let me tell you what he's not saying. If you take all of Paul's teaching throughout the New Testament and then look at this one verse, he is not saying that the sacrifice of Christ is lacking anything in the value of redemption. Okay? He is not saying that we can add to our salvation. People the world over deprive themselves and hurt themselves in the hopes of appeasing God or finding forgiveness of sins. Paul is not saying that. He is not saying that the sacrifice of Christ needs to be repeated or demonstrated daily for sins like we see in the Roman Mass. When Christ uttered those precious words on the cross, it is finished, John 19.30, he meant it. When the writer of Hebrews said that Christ in his offering perfected for all time those being sanctified, Hebrews 10.14, he meant it. Christ cannot be here today to demonstrate his love for the world by his sacrifice. So, Paul is saying to those he is witnessing to that he is sacrificing to bring them the gospel. Okay, Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. What Paul is saying is that just as Christ suffered and was crucified for him, so he is suffering and in essence being crucified to take the, that gospel to the world. He suffered physical violence, wrongful accusations, and courts just as Jesus did. So Paul wasn't literally being crucified, right? But he was, in a sense, sharing in the crucifixion of Jesus. And Jesus wasn't literally baptized on the cross, right? But he was immersed in his suffering. He was immersed in the cross. And so, likewise, I think Paul is using it in the same way. So moving back to the text in 1 Corinthians 15, we can see that Paul is talking not of water baptism, but the baptism of suffering. The dead he's referring to is not the physically dead, but the spiritually dead, those dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2, 1. A few verses later, Paul clarifies this thought in, in verse 32. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what, what advantageth it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. As far as I can tell, Paul was never thrown to the lion, so I'm going to say the beasts he fought with at Ephesus were not beasts of the field, but unsaved men. We find in Acts 19 a situation in which Paul in Ephesus faced angry mobs that were worshippers of the goddess Diana, who caused an uproar and tried to kill Paul and his companions. We also see a reference by Peter to false teachers as beasts in 2 Peter 2.12. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. So Paul was saying, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then why do we suffer to bring the gospel to those dead in sin? He already stated that in this chapter that without the resurrection our faith is vain, and then all that he is suffering to bring them the gospel is vain as well. So he's saying, right, why are we being baptized for the dead with our suffering, 
along with Christ, why are we being baptized with suffering for the dead, the, the spiritually dead, if the dead rise not? Why give them the gospel if they're just going to perish? Why give them the gospel if there's no life, if there's no life giving in the gospel? Why give them the gospel? Why are we suffering this way if it's just for this life only? right? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die, right? There, there's no reason to do that. I think that is at the heart of what Paul is saying there. Uh, so next thing you meet a Mormon who tries to use this verse to justify baptism for the dead, um, number one, point out there is no such thing in the Bible. And then number two, get into the context of what is being said here, cross-reference with Jesus' words in the Gospels and Peter's words as well. Uh, um, Ephesians 2, we're, 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 we're told that we're dead in trespasses and sins. Um, the Bible uh, interprets the Bible, right? We can compare Scripture with Scripture and see that there's no baptism for dead people to get them into heaven, right? But rather, why Paul is saying, why am I suffering to bring the gospel to dead people if they're not going to be made alive? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this text before us, Lord, to help us to share in the sufferings of the cross, Lord. Help us to give our lives as Paul did, Lord. Help us through our sin, Lord, to, to cast it off. Forgive us, Lord, and uh, help us to, to take on uh, a crucified life for you and for those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for Moments in the Word. Lighthouse Gospel Ministries is an outreach ministry focused in street and prison evangelism, as well as reaching the needy with hope and help. To partner with us financially, go to gospelbeacon.org. All donations are tax-deductible. We hope you were blessed and hope you will join us again for Moments in the Word.